and welcome to Generic True Crime Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Nicole, or Nick. All right. So how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Are you excited for some football? I'm excited for the puppy bowl. I know, I know. Um, That's my idea of sports. I know. Well, I do hope, so the Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs are in it, and I think Buccaneers are pirates, and pirates are pretty cool, so I hope they win. (laughs) I do like pirates. And they're close to my friend Danny, so. Danny, I hope your state wins. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, what we're hoping how, what we're hoping from this podcast. We are hoping to um, record like on a weekly basis. Yeah, like once a week. Yeah, we, we both do have full-time jobs, but you know, we're in a pandemic, so what else can we do right now? Um, what, what a better way to have fun than record a podcast. Yes, yeah, so somebody I live with. Exactly. Um, and for this um, podcast, we're going to be covering, you know, true crime, mysteries, that type stuff. So far, our case, well, we've only had one recorded podcast, and we're going to record one today. And both of them, coincidentally, are from the Chicagoland area, but we are hoping to do cases around the world. So it's not going to be just, you know, a Chicago true crime podcast. So mm-hmm. Some things to look forward to. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so Nicole, what got you interested into true crime? Uh, This is going to be a very basic, generic answer, but honestly, I just really think it's interesting and, like, how the mind works of serial killers and whatnot. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, how about you? Um, Mine would be, um, so one thing that I've always been interested in, even in um, college, was um, this idea of nature versus nurture. And this idea is not just used for serial killers, but, you know, it's kind of used to describe, you know, how people are. Um, So the idea is nature versus nurture. Nature is your genetics. Are you the way you are because of your genes? Or is it because of nurture, which is your environment, the way you were raised, your experiences? And I think um, when it comes to serial killers, this whole nature versus nurture idea, like, it really comes into play. Like, um... So, little of both. Yes, exactly. So when I when I was an undergrad, my um my major was psychology and my minor was criminal justice. So this idea was used a lot. And one thing that I I heard this was almost ten years ago. I'm gonna age myself, but I had two really big research papers in college, and one of them was actually nature versus nurture used in serial killer context. Like we had a group project, group paper, and. My, uh, I think there's two other girls with me in my group. We wrote a 20-page paper about whether serial killers were born or made. And oh. I, I can't tell you exactly what came from that paper because it was 20 pages. It was very stuffy. long time ago. It was a long time ago. I think our, I think what we basically came up with was like it's a little bit of both for the majority of people, but of course, you know. I agree with that. I mean, just when it comes down to it, I mean. People could have these thoughts, but it's all a matter of, like, acting on it and knowing from right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, when I was younger, I assumed that it all, like, nurture always came into play. But, you know, sometimes, like, we will cover um, some serial killers where, like, nothing really bad happened in their lives. Like, they were... No, some of them have great lives. It's just the way their mind works. Yeah, so it's like... Them yeah, acting on it. Yeah, I think it's, for everyone, it's a little bit differently. Yeah, and I mean, also, like... Somebody could have a really shitty life, but that doesn't mean they're going to 
grow up to be serial, a serial killer or mm-hmm. exactly, yeah. do any harmful act upon anyone or animals for that matter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Do you want to do you want to dive into it? Yes. So our case this week is going to be Rachel Mellon. She is um she was a 13-year-old girl who disappeared from the town of Bolingbrook in 1996. Mhm. So do you want to tell me a little bit about Miss Rachel? Uh yeah. So from what I've read, um she was a happy, positive girl, always smiling, um always had a good attitude. Um Really nice girl. I believe I read she was an honor student as well. I read that too, that she was an honor student and she had like a lot of friends. Yeah. She was, what, 13 when she disappeared? Yes. Yeah. Um, and this was, this actually, um, the 25 year anniversary happened. Oh yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's really, that's a shame. It is a shame. Yeah, so this is a mystery because... There isn't really, uh, or at least I don't think the police came up with many motives as to what happened exactly. And they never found her body, correct? They never did from what I've read. They never found the body. Um, yeah. I mean, I could sort of go into the background of Rachel. Um, around the age of three, her parents divorced. Shortly after, her mom remarried a man named Vince Mellon. Rachel's stepfather. Um, Together, they had two children of their own named Jason and Ashley. Uh, One thing that I I couldn't find exact answers on, so her name is Rachel Mellon. Her stepdad's last name is Mellon. Yeah. I don't know if she took on her stepdad's last name. She did did have a relationship with her birth, with her actual father, and I'm not sure if maybe that just all the articles came up with Rachel Mellon instead of... Her dad's last name? Skemp. Skemp. Yeah. Did you find anything on that? Or? Um, I saw it hyphenated. I saw it as Rachel Mellon Skemp okay. in a few articles. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So her last day that she was ever seen was January 31st in 1996, correct? Correct. And um, what happened on that day? So uh, on that day, very cold day in the Chicagoland area, as it tends to get during winter, um, Rachel actually stayed home from school that day because she had a sore throat. Um, see, so at 10.45 in the morning, um, I have note that she had contacted her paternal grandma to thank her for Christmas gifts that she had sent. Her grandma said that the call lasted only a few minutes and nothing really seemed out of the ordinary until Rachel, until Rachel got quiet at one point. That's when her grandma asked if uh, Vince the stepdad was around to which Rachel replied yes before stating she had to go so one thing I read is that Rachel was actually not allowed to speak to her grandmother now I don't know why that is I couldn't find any source saying why was this her dad's mom um from what I recall yes it is her her dad's mother um I don't know if that's why perhaps her grandma was like is Vince around and she had gotten quiet because she wasn't allowed to speak to her. So I have I didn't find out this information. I don't know if you did, but did the uh, stepdad and her dad actually get along? Like, was there some tension? I couldn't find anything about that personally. Honestly, I couldn't find anything either. So I'm not really sure if they had like a relationship, if they were cordial with one another, or what. I mean, 
clearly Rachel was allowed to see her and talk to her father um, from what I've read. So Yeah, I read the same. That she did have a relationship with him. Yeah, so I mean, regardless of what the stepdad and her actual father might have had like as a relationship, I mean, everything seemed fine between the mother and him for Rachel to see and talk to him. Yes. Yeah. So, as I was saying, um, January 31st, 1996, Rachel stayed home from school due to a sore throat. She had called her grandmother, like I said, normal conversation up until the end. Um, It was said that afterward, the stepdad, Vince, said that after she had gotten off the phone with her grandmother, her and him had actually played video games together for a little while before she told him she was going to take a nap. It was during that time in which she napped that Vince decided to take out their dog, which to me is pretty weird because I had read that it was like about negative 22 degrees out. Yeah, I heard from multiple sources it was a bitterly cold day. You know, even for Chicago, it was I think like minus 20 with windchill. That's bitter. And so I've seen the address listed. And if you look up that address, you find a house with a backyard why to me that's surprising that you would take your dog on a walk when it's that cold when you like for us I wouldn't if we had a backyard I would not let her I would not be like okay dogs let's take a stroll I wouldn't take a stroll no I wouldn't take a walk at all I'd be like this is what the backyard's for you're just gonna go out and do your business and I'm gonna watch you from inside yes I think that that part's a little bit odd but I mean hey Maybe he had some huskies who loved the cold. So it was actually German Shepherd that oh, they had. Yeah, they are pretty furry. They are, but still, I don't know how they take to the cold. I th- they're not probably, I'm guessing, I'm no dog expert, but I'm guessing they're not, they can't adapt to the cold as much as huskies. I don't think so. Yeah, so at 2.30 p.m., Vince claimed to have taken their dog out for a lo- walk, which this walk had lasted about, 30 minutes or so, um, reportedly he had said the dog actually broke free to chase a rabbit, which is also kind of hard to believe because it is winter time. I mean, I don't rabbits hibernate. Like, I don't see any rabbits. I see, mm, I see squirrels and, well, mostly squirrels, uh, like, sometimes in the winter, but... Have you ever seen a rabbit? I never have, but I don't, you know, honestly, I don't see that many rabbits out here. Okay, that's fair then. Yeah, well, he... He did say that the dog broke free and um, it was out in a field and he actually just decided to let the dog uh, roam around assuming that the dog would come back. So then he decided to come back home. Um, Initially, he said he didn't go to check on Rachel, but he did notice sometime after the walk that she did disappear. And it was actually later on around 3.15 when the younger sister, Ashley, came from from school and actually noticed that Rachel was missing. Um, Nothing, however, was done until uh, the mother, Amy, and the son, Jason, came home after 5 p.m. It was then where several hours later that they decided to call the police. I wonder why they waited so long, like... I wonder why he didn't try... I mean, I'm probably... I might not be, I'm not sure on this, but I mean, I wonder if he did try and contact the mother. Yes, I mean, also, like, this was 1996. Not everybody had, like, cell phones were not. No, but. I'm not sure if they had a cell phone, but. I assume she was at work, so why yeah. not contact work What initially when yeah. you found out saying, hey, Rachel's gone. Yeah, especially, I mean, in a day where it's below 20 degrees, 
like if it was me you know maybe a 50 60 degree day you know I, I probably would you know I probably would have waited an hour but that cold so yeah actually now that you are bringing up the cold again um what was interesting is that Rachel had disappeared along with the two pillows she was using and a blanket however her coat jacket and shoes remained at home so it's not like she well it appeared that she didn't just get up and walk away um so they did think there was foul play at hand that somebody had um, come into the house. Which, by the way, I'm so sorry, I forgot to mention. Um, this is another weird thing, in my opinion. Vince, when he did go to walk the dog, he said he had left the door unlocked. I don't think that's as concerning as some of the other facts. Like, I know, you know, I like, to this day, I know people who don't lock their door. And this, like, Bolingbroke was... I mean, it's a safe town. You know, and it was a small town, I think. Like, my dad... Yeah. My dad actually grew up in Lamont, which, but... The part he grew up in, it's now Bolingbroke. Mm -hmm. And he said in his days, um, you know, it was a farm town. And this was in the 70s and 80s. And this took place in 1996. So I'm guessing that this was like a town that was just starting out. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm... Yeah, it could be lying to me. I'm the complete opposite. I'm all about locking my doors. I am too, but I, I do Dead ball, people, bottom locks, everything. I mean, I, I'm not the one to be like, hey guys, I'm just going to lock everything. But I, I'm aware that people don't lock. Uh, I mean, it's just weird that he had like in mind to go take this dog for a long walk. And just like he knew his stepdaughter was at home and sleeping for that matter. So it's a little strange that he didn't decide to just lock the door out of safety and concern for her well-being. I guess it's just like a weird little fact to put away. Yeah. Little suspicious in my opinion. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so do you have, um, I, when I was researching, I found out some interesting details about the stepdad. Um, did you find any of, the, like, I, I read about a police record? Yeah, so, so actually what I have is, um, Vince did have a history of domestic, uh, abuse. Um, in fact, when Rachel was about, let's see, eight years old, I believe, um, Vince and the mother, Amy, had gotten into a physical fight, which resulted in police being called and a restraining order actually being put on him. Um, He actually had hit her and pushed her downstairs and actually made verbal threats against Rachel. Oh, snap. And and the mom took him back? Yeah, so the mom did um, take him back and drop the restraining order. The fact that she didn't just blows my mind. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, put into words. it's dumb. It's one thing for him to, like, abuse you, but that make threats against your daughter as well. Yeah, it's a little strange. Little but Vince, Vince, besides that, he, he was an odd guy. Um, I, I won't even say odd. I'll say he was a creepy guy. So, the summer before Rachel disappeared... Um, it was later discovered by police that she had written in her diary about Vince. Apparently, Vince had kissed her and touched her inappropriately. Ooh, not a good sign. No, no, not at all. Um, Rachel had wrote that Vince was, quote-unquote, warning her about predators and trying to show her what, 
quote unquote, shouldn't happen until she's older. You can warn someone without actually performing it. Yeah, well, that's what he did. Little, uh, little concerning there. Um, so yeah. I also read that, um, Vince was unemployed. I don't know how long he was unemployed for, but he's unemployed. He's, you know, he's probably, you know, hanging around the house more, hanging out with the kids. So. Well, another thing I had read actually was that, um, after the disappearance when police were investigating the household, they actually discovered underneath Rachel's bed a steak knife and this might not be relevant to the case, uh, a book called Daddy's Kisses. What could be in a book about Daddy's Kisses? It's a little strange when you think about the whole situation, but I mean, I don't know if this was the exact book, but when I went and looked it up, it's actually a children's picture book. And what kind of pictures are involved? <laughs> Nothing creepy, if that's what you're thinking. Okay. Can, Just can showing you... the affection between a father and, and their child, really. With, with human? Like... Sorry, so it's a picture book um, with animals. Okay. Animals okay. showing the relationship between a father and its child. Okay. Their child. That, that's a little bit better. The title still, they should come up with another title. Well, the fact that they found a knife and this picture book titled that is a little weird. And the fact that this was all found after they found the diary and saw the entry about Vince inappropriately touching her and kissing her for that matter it makes you think like did she hide that knife under her bed to you know to use against vince yeah this uh, i'm not getting a good vibe from this stepdad right now i that's that's creepy i don't i don't know if you planted it there or maybe they just didn't do a thorough investigation which this is a good segue because i'm going to cover the police investigation right now so the police initially conducted a search of the area, including the ground and water, um, using geothermal imaging and drones, um, but they did not find anything. Um, so the police said early on in the investigation, police had thought that Rachel had run off to visit family. She did have, um, her grandparents lived in another state, and her dad also lived in, da in the Dallas, Texas area, correct? Yes. Okay, so police thought that she kind of had ran off to visit family. But that, that's not the case. And also, um, so her bank account, Rachel's bank account, it has not been touched since the day her disappearance. So that proves that she did not buy a bus ticket and a plane ticket. She didn't buy money for food. Like, Don't forget that she also uh, left the house without her jacket as well. Yeah, she, she did leave her house without a jacket. So it's kind or of was like, taken. Yeah, so... Yeah. If she did leave on her own, you know, she's 13. She, you know, it's not like she's like a little three-year-old not knowing how cold it is. Yeah. Plus, I don't, I don't know if you have this in her note, in your notes, but um, Rachel actually does have history of having run away from home. I did read that too. Um, I don't know exactly when, but I guess one day she had slept over, she had ran over and slept over at like... Friend's house. Yeah. House. Yeah. So from what I read... Um, Rachel did leave for a 12-hour period and ran away to a friend's house and slept outside on the porch, I believe. Um, it was not until the next morning that she called her step-grandparents and asked them to pick her up. Um, her parents assumed she had ran away because apparently her brother and sister had broken something and she thought she was, to get, she was going to get blamed for it. 
Okay. Um, I mean, I do know a lot of kids who attempt to run away. I mean, my brother and I, when we were younger, I'm sure we attempted, <laughs> but we didn't get very far. So it, I'm surprised that she did spend the night that somewhere. she actually did it yeah yeah my, you know i mean as a kid i would always be like i'm leaving and then make my little wannabe getaway gear yeah. suitcase we would pack a little bag and yeah a little bag there's like a park uh, where my brother and i grew up there's a little park mm-hmm. that we would um like walk to not very far at all um but yeah we would walk there and then um I think we would just kind of hang <laughs> Was out. Was that you running away? Yeah, when we were little kids, yeah, we would, like, go to the park. Like, right I'm out of here. Maybe chill on the swing for ten minutes, and we're like, oh, okay, I'm not as bad. <laughs> this anymore. isn't the life for me. Let's this go back home. <laughs> I don't want to live in a park. But, you know, I'm I'm sure that many kids have attempted to run away. At least had actually, that thought. Yeah, yeah. She actually did. She did it. Yeah. So... That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, with all that being said, I think it's safe to assume that this wasn't the most, like, this wasn't the greatest household to live in. It was seemed somewhat dysfunctional. I mean, with the parents fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Rachel did get along really well with her half-brother and sister, so that is good to know. It's not like the her stepdad, like, pinned his biological kids against her. Yeah. So, or at least that doesn't prove it. Their relationship doesn't prove that. Um, so, after the case, um, Rachel's mom actually had sued the town of Bolingbrook. Um, she claimed that the Bolingbrook PD had snuck in her home to steal photos of her daughter to give to the FBI, and then the FBI gave to um, the Philippines, the country. And I I couldn't find exactly why they did that, but I was thinking because um, Rachel was part Philippine from the Philippines. Her mom was. And so maybe she had family in the Philippines, or maybe the police thought, like, hey, she ran away to go to the Philippines. Yeah. I don't know how a 13-year-old would do that, but... Considering her bank account was in touch. Yeah, her bank account was in touch. She didn't bring a jacket. She had secret money. Yeah, secret money, a secret... That that part's a little weird, but... Yeah. She hasn't uh, showed up in the Philippines either. Um... So many people do believe that the police could have done a little bit better of a job um, doing some investigating, and but then there's one more um, alarming piece of informa- information that I found at least. So, Drew Peterson, the convicted murderer, was on this case. Oh snap! He's a what a small world. I know. So Drew Peterson, I, I don't know if it's just, if he's just a Chicago local legend or if people across the country do know him, but he is a retired Bolingbroke cop, and he is convicted of killing his second wife, and I'm pretty sure he killed his third wife, too. Yeah, he was never um, found guilty on that one. Yeah, because they don't know where she, like, um, his um, last wife, I think her name's Stacy. Yeah. Um, she, she just went missing. Nobody knows where she is. Nobody knows. Crazy. He probably knows. Oh, I I know in my heart that he knows. Yeah. I think he did it because he's. Oh God, he's just creepy. He's just you get the vibe from him that he's like a womanizer. Like so, when everything happened with him and Stacy, like when Stacy disappeared, I was Mm -hmm. still in high school, so I wasn't like going to bars or anything. But I knew people a little bit older than me. Because Bolingbrook, it's not far from where I grew up. It's about a half hour from where I he grew had, up. You had family in Bolingbrook too, yes, right? I had family in Bolingbrook. They didn't hang out at the bars that Drew Peterson did, but I did know people who hung out at some of the bars um, 
and they would say that they would see Drew Peterson there, and there would just be girls just, like, swarming him. And oh, like, really? I Was this, like, during, like, the investigation of his wife and everything? Like, his no, wife being I... missing? Uh, yeah, it had to be. Um, yeah, his wife... Interesting. His third wife went missing, I think, in 2007. I actually remember seeing the initial... Um, missing posters okay but i so after that time i remember people saying that they would see um drew peterson in a specific bar that's popular in bolingbrook and he like there'd just be girls just all over him and he was like enjoying it all and that that just it's so slimy and so creepy and and to think he was a cop covering this case yeah like i i do feel like there are specific cops who use their um privilege and use their, their power yes who yeah use their powers and i feel like drew peterson is one of those yeah for sure i feel like he got away with um stacy's mm-hmm. disappearance because he he knows things that not everybody else knows wow so it's crazy. And that's what my family believes too, because you know my family's from the area too, and my my dad strongly thinks the same. That my dad thinks um, oh, my dad's weird, but my dad said that he thinks that Stacy's in a bottom of a lake somewhere. I mean, maybe yeah. we don't know. Yeah. So, um, wow, that's an interesting little tidbit right there. I know. I'm sorry. I went into this whole spiel about <laughs> little tangent about Drew Peterson. Yes. yes. Oh, and then to finish this off. The, um, her, so Rachel's birth dad strongly believes that the stepdad did commit this crime. Said, did he? Mm-hmm. Yes. So her real dad said that if the police would have looked in um, their garage, the stepdad's garage, or the trunk of his car, he believes that Rachel's body would have been found. We know that they would need like a search warrant. So, well, now that you're saying that, um, another interesting thing was he, Vince. He actually did have. A, bunch of scratches on his arms that he claims is from working on his car a little suspicious if you yeah, ask me I, I mean uh, i am no car mechanic i mean d- can you get scratches i have no idea but it, it's just look everything's weird when you think of it all like him leaving on this long walk to take the dog out um leaving the door unlocked having scratches on his arms the fact that he inappropriately touched and kissed her i also think okay so going back to the whole car thing and having scratches if you're doing car work in the winter you're probably like it working in like a work like a carhartt jacket and gloves i would think so covered not exposed yeah so i'm not so i I mean let's say he was in the garage i mean i don't know if it was a heated garage but Chances are, I feel like he would still be covered up enough where yeah. he wouldn't get scratches on his arms. So my dad did have, we did have a heated garage growing up. And um, in the winter, especially, you know, temperatures like the this, the um, furnace, it would keep the garage, you know, it wouldn't keep the garage at like a level that the house was. Mm-hmm. But it would be like maybe at like a 40 or 50 degree at the, like 50 degree at the warmest. Okay. Winter. That's still, well, you know me, I'm always cold. To me, that would still be cold. I mean, for my dad and my uncle, I mean, my dad and my uncles, they're, um... Like, they're like polar bears. Yeah, they're polar bears. Like, they can be doing work outside mm-hmm. in 50-degree weather, and they'll they'll come in and they'll start working in t-shirts. Wow. And by, like, an hour or two, they're shirtless. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, okay. Well, maybe that's how it was for Vince. We don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I think he did it. Yeah, I, I feel like... 
a lot of signs point to Vince. A lot of signs. Um, and he's, you know, um, he has not stayed out of the law. You know, he's gotten in trouble since then, correct? Uh, yes, from what I've read, um, he actually was in a drunk driving incident. In, oh, gosh. Sorry if I'm wrong, people. I want to say 2017? I think so, that date was correct. Not too long ago. Yes, I don't, I mean, who knows if those two incidents, I mean, they're probably not tied together, Yeah. Still, there's the domestic abuse, the threats made against Rachel, I mean, this guy wasn't good news. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want him in my house with my kids. Uh, yeah, same. Um, yeah, so you did mention that the mom, Amy, did sue Bolingbroke, correct? Yes, yeah, she did sue. Yeah. The case was dropped, I believe. I think they they moved shortly after, after yes, that. Yes, they did. Um, I believe they're living in Tennessee now. I don't know if Amy's mom and stepdad are still married. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't read on that. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't find any information. Yeah. Um... So I do know, you know, like I said, I'm not far from Bowling Bolingbrook, and I do know people a little bit older than me who did know Amy or the, or not Amy, Rachel. I'm sorry, yeah. my wife. I think Amy's, Amy's the, the mother. Yeah. So they did know Rachel, or they knew people who hung out with Rachel and um, Rachel's family, and they say that this, her siblings are still keeping her memory alive. What a shame. I know. It's really know? sad. I mean, I know you're an only child, but I am. Yeah. yeah that thought. Still, like, if, I, if my brother just disappeared, I'd, you know. I'm sure it's heartbreaking. I know. I'd be, oh my gosh, I would. Yeah. I'd be an active uh, person. Actively looking. Yeah, I'd be active. I would. I mean, I'm sure they are too. Yeah, yeah. That's the story of Rachel Mellon. Do you have anything else to add? I don't think so. Yeah, it's been 25 years, and the family's still looking for answers. Yeah. So sad. It is really sad. Yeah. Um, so I, my sources for this week, um, I use abc7chicago.com and True Case Files. Uh, I actually found a great Medium article and got most of my information from there. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it was very informative. Good to know. Yeah. So yeah, if you liked today's episode or our previous one, I mean, please feel free to email at us uh, at generictruecrime at gmail.com. Give us some some you know honest feedback or whatever really and you can find us on instagram at generic underscore true underscore <laughs> crime underscore podcast that's right um yeah right, got anything else i got nothing else i have nothing else also all well, right have a great week everyone stay warm if you're uh, in a cold area that is like us and if you're in a warm area i hate you same <laughs> bye bye